Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to Pro Football Tonight's live coverage of NFL Free Agency 2023. The official NFL season is just about to kick off. However, we do have this weird tampering period that the NFL loves to push where teams can just sign players, agree to terms with players, not sign them directly, but agree to terms with players, trade players, do whatever the hell they want. Nothing gets final finalized until the new the start of the new league year, 4 p.m. Eastern, Wednesday, March 15th. That is when the new league year starts. However, today... Tampering starts, legalized tampering, love it, Tom Brady wishes he could have gotten away with this. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, some big names have already moved to new locations, some names have not moved, however, their path to where they might go has become a little more clear, I'm looking at you, Aaron Rodgers, I'm Umar Q, follow me on Twitter at Umar Q Show, be sure to follow at Real Take Sports on Twitter Instagram and Facebook at Real Take Sports Talk. We've got a lot to converse about today. I'll go through each of the teams today, like each of the every single team in the NFL today, talking about some of their big free agency pickups, some of their big free agency losses, some trades that have been made. If you guys want to get involved, keep the conversation going in the chat. Leave a question. I'll probably get to it. However, if you want to guarantee your question or statement gets read out on the air, be sure to leave a super chat. Super Chats are a great way to engage with the show, support the show, and on top of that, guarantee that your question or statement gets ample time in its answer. So definitely consider doing that. Without further ado, let's get to our first big-time NFL free agency bit of news, and that would be the signing of one, the only, Jimmy G. So... Jimmy Garoppolo agreed to a three-year, $72.75 million deal with the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, sorry, not with the 49ers, with the Raiders. There we go. I'm already messing up. We love it. But Jimmy G, Jimmy G this week agreed to a $72.75 million deal that includes $24 million guaranteed in the first year with the Las Vegas Raiders. He is the new signal caller for the Las Vegas Raiders, who, of course, traded away Derek Carr earlier on this year. He's the new man. He's going to have Devontae Adams to throw to. This kind of puts him in a weird place because people were wondering what was the the situation going to be with Jimmy G? What was the market going to be like for a guy like Jimmy G who has had the playoff experience but hasn't necessarily produced at the level you expect an elite quarterback to produce. That's not me. That's just the facts. That's just the stats. It's just what we know to be true. Jimmy G is a very good quarterback. There's no doubt about that. Anyone who will tell you that he's average, below average, all that crap, miss me with that. He's a very good quarterback who has the ability to be great in certain situations. However, there is a ceiling to it. And that's fine because you can win with a guy like Jimmy G. That's that's. There's no doubt about that. The 49ers, whenever they had Jimmy Garoppolo under center for the entire year, what happened? The dude went to the NFC title game at least, or he took him to the Super Bowl. This is a guy who is who can win in this league. He's proven he can win in this league, but he's not going to be the sole reason 
you win. That's a very critical difference between Jimmy G and an elite quarterback. A, an elite quarterback like a Patrick Mahomes, a Lamar Jackson, a Josh Allen, a Joe Burrow. He's going to be one of the main reasons you win. Jimmy G is a an important concoct or an important piece of that recipe. However, he is not the main ingredient. He's not chemical X to the Powerpuff Girls. You know, he's he's a little bit of sugar, a little bit of spice. Maybe not everything nice, but definitely not chemical X. So that's how I like to put it. But as far as this move for Jimmy G to Las Vegas, the big question is: Did the Raiders improve their quarterback? Improve upon their quarterback position. Going from Derek Carr to Jimmy Garoppolo, I think they did. And that's not a knock on Derek Carr. It's more so a compliment to Jimmy G, what he's accomplished. Jimmy Garoppolo, again, a guy who who wins football games. Like, people want to knock him for not being, you know, having the strongest arm or putting up the biggest stats. This is a guy who in, what was it, five years in San Francisco had a cumulative record of, uh, what was it, 38 and 17 in the regular season in his 55 starts. 38 and 17 as the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. It's he's he's there's it's no it's a no-brainer, honestly, for a team like the Raiders to want to sign him. I think that he improves upon the Derek Carr situation because I don't think he's necessarily going to make the mistakes that Derek Carr made, the turnovers that Derek Carr made. I think that they're going to be forced to lean a little bit more on the running game, play a little bit of a different style of football that you probably didn't, I don't know for whatever reason, they did not play with Derek Carr. The other factor, the other factor that I think might get lost in this whole situation is the fact that this now reunites Jimmy Garoppolo with his former offensive coordinator in New England in Josh McDaniels. Bet you didn't see that coming. So Josh McDaniels, second-year head coach now of the Las Vegas Raiders, is bringing in a guy who he's familiar with, a guy who he helped mold early on in his career. Remember, Garoppolo, before he went to San Francisco, one of the main reasons that he got the job there and he got and he was traded for a second-round pick back in 2017 was because of his performance in, I believe, what was it, two starts in 2016 um, the year that Tom Brady went down with that suspension. Remember, Jimmy G came in. He started a couple of games. He won both those games. That's the reason he became a 49er. And now he comes and it's, he goes full circle back with Josh McDaniels. The This was a good move for the Las Vegas Raiders. I really do think so. Like, And, and I like some of the other moves they made as well. They still have a few things they need to definitely solidify. Like, along with signing Jimmy G, they, got, um, they re-signed Amir Abdullah to a very, very minimal contract, $1.75 million for a guy who can produce, especially in the receiving game. I think with Jimmy G coming into the fold, they're going to be using Amir Abdullah a lot. On top of that, they they put on the non-exclusive tag on Josh Jacobs, star running back Josh Jacobs, who I believe led the league in rushing this year. Now, here's the deal with Josh Jacobs. There's a, there's a very good argument, right, about not putting him on the non-exclusive tag, right? Or, or putting him on the non-exclusive tag. That's fine. I don't think that you you lollygag, I think, to this extent where you put you, know, you put the guy who just put up a, a spectacular year, you, you, you put that guy out there potentially for other teams to sign. Either you go in on him, all in on him, or you don't. Uh, that, that's my belief on, on a guy like Josh Jacobs. Nevertheless, 
the Las Vegas Raiders have made the decision to allow other teams to to basically uh, match and or sorry, allow other teams to bid on Josh Jacobs and then for them to match the offer. Uh, either way, I think it's in their best interest, especially right now with signing Jimmy G, a guy like Jimmy G, who we know he can succeed in a system that has, has a very strong running game. I think it behooves them to add a guy or, or keep a guy like Josh Jacobs in the fold and help him help this whole entire pass game uh, reach its full potential. So that's where we are with the Jimmy G situation. That's where we are with the Las Vegas Raiders. Other notes from the NF or the AFC West, I should know. The Kansas City Chiefs signed offensive tackle Juwan Taylor to a massive contract. Four years, $80 million with $60 million guaranteed. This is according to Josh Palmer, James Palmer, I should say, and Ian Rappaport. Uh, we got Nolara in the chat saying Jimmy G going to Vegas. I mean, it's it's the move that the Raiders have made. And I think it's one that they can they, they can be fine with. I mean, it's still going to be difficult for them to win in that division, to be quite honest with you. Because you have Justin Herbert competing in that division. You have you're competing with a guy like Patrick Mahomes, obviously, who's coming back off of his second Super Bowl. You have and, and an MVP. We keep forgetting about that, right? He won the MVP. On top of that, you, a possible resurgent Russell Wilson, who is now who now has a great head coach in Sean Payton leading the helm in Denver. The Raiders might be the odd team out there. I think it's going to take one of these teams, or two of these teams, honestly, getting in their own way for the Raiders to make the playoffs. Um, or, or at least going far in the playoffs. Because like, I don't think they can win the division as long as the Chiefs are, are healthy. It, like, This is the Kansas City Chiefs division. This is Patrick Mahomes' division to lose. That's what it's going to be for the rest of his career. Because he... It, that it factor that we talk about in a lot of guys, that 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 special something, right, that we talk about, Patrick Mahomes has that. He's got the arm. He's got the ability to adapt and make plays on the run. He's got the ability to move outside the pocket and beat you with his legs. And on top of that, he's just one of the best pure ball players that the sport of professional football has ever seen. Like, he's a game wrecker. Even on one leg, he's a game wrecker. That's how great Patrick Mahomes is, and he's going to be great for a long time to come. Is he an all-time great? For sure he's going to be, I think. Is he the greatest of all time? That's to be determined because there's a long way for him to beat Tom Brady for that title, in my opinion. There's a long way for him to beat Tom Brady for that title. Um, so as I take a note right there, um, so yeah, so you have all those teams you're competing with. It's going to be tough. It is going to be tough. <sighs> Stay Thursday, my friends. All right. So moving on to the next person we're going to talk about. Um, well, actually, first of all, let's run through the rest of the uh, AFC West because we're on them. So I mentioned Juwan Taylor. The Denver Broncos have been a little busy. They have solidified their backup quarterback slot, signing Jarrett Stidham. Uh, speaking of Jimmy G, uh, Jarrett Stidham, speaking of Jimmy G and the Las Vegas Raiders, Jimmy, uh, Jarrett Stidham signing a two-year $10 million contract, $5 million of it guaranteed to join the Denver Broncos. And he is going to be the backup guy for Russell Wilson. Jarrett Stidham, in those few starts he had with the Raiders at the end of the year, looked pretty good. So I think he might be here to stay. 
think he might be here to stay. Outside of that, Ben Powers, guard for the Denver Broncos, signed a massive deal. Four years, $52 million, 28 and a half of it guaranteed. And they solidified even more of the offensive line, signing, signing Mike McGlinchey to a five-year, $87.5 million deal with $50 million guaranteed. So you see that the... Denver Broncos obviously went all in on offensive line. They are solidifying that part, and they need to. They need to because there were some plays last year where you just saw the poor dude, uh, um, Russell Wilson, running around, just running for his life, and that's not what you want for a guy of his age, honestly. And finally, rounding it out, the Los Angeles Chargers signed quarterback Easton Stick. Oh, that's a big, massive free agency signing. Easton Stick to a one-year, $1.8 million deal. Oh, my goodness. I love how that's the only highlight for the Chargers. By the way, we're going to talk about the Austin Eckler situation um, in a minute, but I, I just cannot get over. The only move that the Chargers have made so far in free agency is signing Easton Stick to a deal. Easton Stick, the, I'm pretty sure he's been on their team for like the past like five, six years or whatever. Like, like the, the pride the pride of North Dakota State, Easton Stick. We love it. Um, big on you. Big shout out to Easton. Easton Stick, if you ever want to come on the podcast, you know what to do. Hit us up at Real Take Sports. Um, guys, again, put your questions in the chat. If you want to guarantee your question or statement gets read out on the air, leave a super chat as well. So much more to get into today. We're going to be talking about... Speaking of the Raiders, let's get into the New Orleans Saints. So, New Orleans Saints signed Derek Carr this past week, or just a little while ago. They signed Derek Carr to a four-year deal. Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints agreed to a four-year, $150 million contract that includes $60 million fully guaranteed at signing and another $3 million, or sorry, $10 million guaranteed in year three as long as he lasts at least one year with the team. Carr's deal also includes a no-trade clause, which keeps things very interesting, and has $100 million in total guarantees if he stays throughout the entirety of the deal. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Okay. Did the Saints get better at quarterback? This is a team that last year was dealing with Andy Dalton. This is a team last year that was dealing with Jameis Winston and an and injury-prone Jameis Winston at that. I mean, like, Jameis Winston is a very—I think he's a very good quarterback, or he can be a very good quarterback. It it just is—it sucks the way that things played out in, in New Orleans because for a while there, he looked like he was going to be the guy, and— if it wasn't for that injury, if he didn't get injured, um, not this past year, but the year before, in the middle of the year when when they were looking pretty good, I think Jameis would have had that title as the starting quarterback of the Saints for a while. Like, he was putting up really good stats. The team was also winning. Like, th- like that's not, l- l- let's not mess around and act like, you know, like they weren't playing, they weren't in these games. They were really in these games. They were like, what, five and two when Jameis went down with that injury? And unfortunately, he just never was able to get back to form. He obviously had another injury, and then he was inactive behind Andy Dalton for the majority of the this past 2022 season. So they're obviously looking to get better. They were looking to get better, and they have gotten better, obviously, with Derek Carr. Like, that's no question. They've gotten better. Is this a team that can compete in this division? 
Now with with uh, Derek Carr, I mean, my answer is this is a team that was competing without Derek Carr. Right now, I see this team. If you like, it, it hinges on on two critical factors. One, you have to figure out for one way or another the Alvin Kamara situation because it is not a good look. To be quite honest with you, it's just not a good look to to have that kind of lingering. One way or another, they got to either go in and 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 sign him and say, hey. This is our guy, and, and we're going to have his back, and, and whatever, all the other stuff aside, it will be decided in court. Or you got to let him go and then bring in a young a young guy like B. John Robinson or maybe trade for an Austin Eckler, which I could see happening. But they have to figure that out first and foremost. And then number two, Michael Thomas. Like Chris Olave, don't get me wrong, put up, had a great year, a great rookie year, a very underrated rookie year because, you know, like – a lot of other quarterback, or sorry, a lot of other wide receivers get the the praise that he will never get. But if you had Olave, if you're Derek Carr and you had the option to throw it to either Chris Olave or Michael Thomas, if he's even back to like eighty percent of what he used to be, out of this world, what that offense could look like. That would be a a, a world beating offense. Um, well, world beating by a, a, a NFC South standards. Let's be clear about that. World beating, uh, hyperbole, hyperbole, hyperbole. I get it, but they will be. They, they will be. I think the the at least. I, I think they will be up there as far as the teams that are going to compete for that division. Like like they're the front runner in my eyes. I think that the wild card in that NFC South, honestly, is whatever happens in Carolina. I like the Frank Reich hiring in Carolina. I think it's it's one of the most underrated hirings that they had this past cycle. It's going to be very interesting to see what they do at quarterback because they traded away DJ Moore. They traded away like five first-round picks or whatever to try to get up there at number one, and they did. They trade made that trade with the Bears. But at a certain point, it's going to be like, you know, like, okay, who are we picking? Um... And right now, it looks like the guy that the Carolina Panthers are going all in on is um, C.J. Stroud. So, C.J. Stroud, future Carolina Panther, I don't know. It, that's what it looks like. But if, if it is true and, and they choose Stroud over Young, it's an interesting choice. Because I, I personally think that Bryce Young is the best of the, this class of quarterbacks. But... He ain't that far behind. He and, and, and C.J. Stroud ain't that far behind. C.J. Stroud and, and Bryce Young are both NFL-caliber quarterbacks today if they came into the league, which they're not that far off, I guess. But anyway, back to the Saints. I think the Saints, this, is a, this was a good move for New Orleans. Like They just needed to get better at quarterback. They needed to figure it out. They needed to figure out the long-term answer, whether it was going to be a guy like Derek Carr or a guy like Jimmy G. I think... It just it was just something that had to happen. On top of that, on top of that, on top of that, on top of picking up Derek Carr, New Orleans Saints also were able to sign Juwan Johnson, tight end Juwan Johnson, to a two-year, $12 million contract. Also, on top of that, they were able to sign defensive back JT Gray to a $9.6 million deal. So they made some moves. Tampa Bay Buccaneers to round out the NFC South. Tampa Bay Buccaneers signed Jamil Dean, who was a buck last year. Great for them. Carolina Panthers didn't really make too much noise. They were able to agree to terms with Von Bell and Shy Tuttle. Shy Tuttle got $19.5 million. Good for you, my dude. Um, 
Big news on the punter front, Bradley Pinton. Wow, good for you. Atlanta Falcons have agreed to a $8.65 million deal to keep Bradley Pinion. Oh, sorry, Bradley Pinion. <laughs> Bradley Pinion. Um, big, big time move for the Atlanta Falcons as well. Signing Chris Lindstrom. Resigned to a five-year, $105 million extension. Boy's getting paid. They also traded for Janu Smith from the New England Patriots. Janu Smith now a Atlanta Falcon. Exchange for a seventh-round draft pick. Holy crap. A seventh-round draft pick for Janu Smith? What's the world coming to, man? That dude was, wasn't that dude like a, like, a, like a pro bowler a few years ago? Although, what does that really mean in today's NFL, right? Um... So money moves all the way around for the Atlanta Falcons. They are there, like, paying everybody. They might as well pay me, guys. Anyway, let's continue on. Guys, if you haven't already done so, be sure to hit that like button, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever a new video is released. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review and go over to YouTube.com forward slash Real Take Sports to subscribe Moving on, let's go to the NFC West, or the NFC West, as Patrick Starr would call it. Um, oh, East? I thought you said West. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, this was a big-time move. Jalen Ramsey was acquired in a trade from the Los Angeles Rams by the Miami Dolphins. Oh, my goodness. we have I have thoughts on this. Like, this is... This was one of the big time moves that that really I think might have gotten lost in in all of this news. Um, so Jalen Ramsey, Pro Bowler, All Pro, all like one of the best defender defensive backs we've ever seen in the league, right? Jalen Ramsey traded for a third round pick. I never thought that I would ever utter those words out of my mouth, but. This is a guy who is still in the prime of his career. Yeah, he had a bit of a down year from last year. You know, people were talking about, hey, maybe he's over the hill. Maybe the talent's all washed up. Maybe that Super Bowl run was all that they were going to get. But he got traded for a third-round pick after one bad year or one like honestly not even a bad year it was like a it was like a pretty average cornerback year if you're if we're being completely honest. It was a bad team overall, but granted Got to perform when you're a big-time player, and he didn't do so. So he goes away. He's now a Miami Dolphin. And now, this is a Miami team. It's a Miami team that boasts two attack by Loa at quarterback, Jalen uh, Waddle and Tyreek Hill at wide receiver, and the one-two punch at cornerback of Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey. And the big question on everyone's mind is, are the Miami Dolphins the team to beat in the AFC East? I have a very simple answer for you. No, but they should be. And it's not that simple. I did tell a lie. So let's talk about it. The reason why I don't think that the Miami Dolphins are the team to beat is because this is the Bills division. Until a team topples them, until a team actually beats them, and, and proves that they are better than the Buffalo Bills. This is Josh Allen, Sean McDermott, this is Stephon Diggs. It's their division to lose. It's just like in the AFC West with Patrick Mahomes. It's his division to lose. And 
while all of these moves are great on paper that they've made over the past few years, and they were in that playoff game, I get it, with Skylar Thompson, they were in that playoff game against the Bills, but at the same time, I can't discount it because the Bills ended up winning that game. And the Dolphins have proven over the past number of years they were, they've been a bit of an inconsistent team. I need them to put it all together. That's honestly what we need. And look, on paper, I think this is the best team in the division. No doubt. Because where, okay, you're the quarter, you're an opposing quarterback. Where the hell are you going to throw the ball? Where the hell are you going to throw the ball? You can't throw it outside of the numbers. That takes away both sides of the field. All you got is the middle. And even then, you have great linebackers and safeties they're going to bring in that are going to be able to take advantage of it. It's going to make everything better. This is, an, this is a great trade for Miami bringing in um, Jalen Ramsey because it makes everyone better. When you add a guy like that and you already have on the other side an all-pro guy like Xavier Howard, it just makes Xavier Howard, it makes everything better. On top of that, we talked about Waddle and Hill. Tua Tagovailoa made a huge leap at the quarterback position last year with those two. And that was just one year where he was kind of injured. He was dealing with the concussions, obviously. We we all like still wish the Tua, you know, could have played in that playoff game, but it was the best thing for him and the team that he didn't. But if he's healthy and this team is hitting on all cylinders, and they're just able to be a little bit more consistent. They don't have to be a lot more consistent than they were last year, but a little bit more. I think this this is one of the most dangerous teams in the NFL. Like, they are they have built this thing to succeed, and I really think that they are just, that they're just like a matter of, of it's just a matter of time before they really break through. And this is a Super Bowl team on paper. It's a Super Bowl caliber team. I just need to see it before my eyes because I don't, the reality is, I just don't trust the Miami Dolphins to reach their full potential because over the past number of years, they've proven that they, that no matter what, they're going to fall short of that. And I'm rooting for them, obviously, like as a football fan, as a pure football fan, I'm rooting for them, but I'm not sure if they're able to do it. So prove me wrong, Miami. Miami Dolphins fans in the comments, prove me wrong. Let me know why I suck, why my commentary sucks. Let me know in the comment section below. Also, be sure to hit that like button, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Although, if I had to grade this trade, it's an A-plus for the Miami Dolphins. For the for the, the Rams, man, I don't know what to say. Like, the Rams were, the Rams were a Super Bowl team, and then they just... Came, they came back down to earth like no other team I've ever seen. And this was a perennial playoff contender. Sorry, perennial Super Bowl contender. Even before they brought in Matthew Stafford. And now you have uh, people saying, Matthew Stafford's gone. <laughs> like, he's done. Like, the Rams are trying to trade Matthew Stafford. It's nuts. It's absolutely nuts what's happened to this team over the past number of uh, years and months. It's crazy. On top of that, in the AFC East, let's do a rundown quickly. The Buffalo Bills were able to re-sign offensive guard Connor McGovern to a three-year, $23 million deal. You also have Matt Milano, one of the key pieces of this defense. Matt Milano, I think one of the best pure middle linebackers in the game today, signing a two-year extension through 2026 uh, to stay with the Buffalo Bills. So he's going to be with the team for a while now, his contract was originally supposed to get um, expire, I should say, in 2024, but that's no longer the case. Also, 
we, in addition to adding Jalen Ramsey, the Miami Dolphins added David Long linebacker to a two-year, $11 million deal. So good on them. Patriots haven't really done anything of note. They they brought in they re-signed us I should say Jonathan Jones to a two-year $20 million deal. Like he he's a pretty good quarterback, but um is he like he's not obviously not at the level of a guy Jalen Ramsey or an Xavier Howard, I think, just yet at least. And finally, New York Jets rounding out the AFC East. Quincy Williams. They're they're keeping around Quincy Williams, a key piece of this defense. They also traded for Chuck Clark. And signed Greg the Leg Zerline, re-signed, I should say, to a one-year deal worth up to $3.5 million. So Greg the Leg still getting paid. We love to see it. Again, a lot of stuff happening in this uh, tampering period of the NFL. Um, I'm going to pull up Adam Schefter's Twitter timeline to make sure I don't miss anything. But guys, it's a great time if you haven't already done so. Hit that like button, subscribe, hit that notification bell. We just got a an update from David Newton. This is David Newton of ESPN reporting that the Panthers are re-signing center Bradley Bozeman, key piece of the offensive line locked up. Bradley Bozeman staying with the Carolina Panthers. That's a big deal for them. I know as a Baltimore Ravens fan, Bradley Bozeman, great center for us for a few years. Now he's over there doing his thing. Love to see it. On top of that, the oh, this is interesting if I've ever seen it. Miami Dolphins two year deal re signing Duke Riley linebacker. Interesting, interesting. Okay, cool. Moving on, let's talk about the one thing that everyone wants to talk about. Uh, that is the man, the myth, the legend, the the darkness retreat champion, Aaron Rodgers. All right, so with the Raiders now out of the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, it looks more and more likely that the New York Jets are going to acquire the services of the former two-time NFL MVP, Aaron Rodgers. And look... This basically cleared the way. The, the signing of Jimmy G to the Raiders has basically cleared the way if it wasn't clear enough because you had those photos of the head coach, Robert Sala, and owner Woody Johnson at Aaron Rodgers' house. We already knew that they were talking. We knew that the Green Bay Packers are, are basically moving in a direction where they're fine with Aaron Rodgers no longer being a Packer. Like, uh, David Guntekunz basically said that in an in interview. He said, you know, like, barring something crazy like i think it's it, we're gonna do what what's in the best interest of both the team and the uh, both the team and aaron Rodgers. so i think that's that's nfl code for we're gonna trade them it's just a matter of getting what we want and if i'm the jets it's unfortunate but you know zach wilson isn't the guy we'll talk about poor zach wilson in just a bit but you have to bring in aaron Rodgers. you have a team that can compete like, I'm going to be totally honest with you. Like, this defense proved last year that they can win games. They were 5-2 and two at one point with Zach Wilson at the helm. They were in the playoffs. I think like they were, what, like 7-4, and 7-5 and five midway through the year. Like, they were winning games. And a lot of people were like, oh, my God, the Jets finally broke through. Is Zach Wilson the guy? Like, I mean, we found out that that wasn't necessarily the case. But what we do know is on the fundamentals, in like, on the fundamentals, this team is good. So... If you're able to trade away a first-round pick in exchange for Aaron Rodgers, you do it. 
because immediately your team's going to get better. Because not only, not only are the New York Jets going to have um, a former two-time MVP, but you're going to have a former two-time MVP that's going to be able to throw the ball to Corey Davis, uh, Elijah Moore, and Garrett Wilson. That is crazy. And along with whatever the hell is left of Braxton Berrios after Joe Flacco, absolutely, like, send him, like, to... Like, Joe Flacco sends uh, people to the hospital like it's nobody's business with some of his throws. Like, the hospital passes I've seen poor Bar Brandon Berrios uh, take or some, some something of legend. But regardless... Rodgers to the Jets makes sense on every level. I know the Jets want it, and it will make this team better. It would be a great fit. As far as being in New York, can Aaron Rodgers handle the media circus that is the New York market? Absolutely. And for people who think that he can't and think that it's going to be a distraction, guys, he's the perfect quarterback for New York. What do you mean? Like someone who's brash about his opinions, someone who who isn't afraid to talk crap. That's what the New York market feeds on. What they hate are quarterbacks and personalities who don't give them anything to work with. The media loves it when when people stir when people like Aaron Rodgers stir the pot. They absolutely love it and they want more of it. So that's why I think he would be a great fit because I think he'd have actually have a great relationship with the media. Like, sure, there are going to be some, like, pieces about him that he's not going to like and he's going to be actively talking about it. Yeah, but that's going to give them clicks. And I think they're going to have, like, like it's going to be, like, he's the perfect guy. He's the perfect guy because I also think Aaron likes it. As much as I know he goes on Pat McAfee's show and he says, oh, well, you know, the woke, the woke culture mob is out to get me, blah, blah, blah. Right? As much as he says that. I'm looking at this dude. You know damn well he loves to go up on Pat McAfee's show. He loves to go on that podium and prove people wrong. He or, or or in his head prove people wrong. He loves the attention. Like that's what it is. And it's not necessarily a knock on Aaron Rodgers, like as as a person. Some people just feed off of that, and they need that motivation. And I think Aaron is that type of guy. Like remember what he said last year. When, when the team was losing and, and, and then they went on that win streak towards the end of the year and they were about to get into the playoffs and the, like before they were eliminated by the Detroit Lions. What did he say? He came back um, after the or during the press conference after a game and said, you know, all those people who said that uh, this team wasn't good enough and we were going to lose and we weren't going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Where are you now? You know, like, like he said that. And... It was, it was like it was one of those moments where you know like you could tell he was sitting on that he he wanted that and some people feed off of that and the New York market is going to feed him just as much as that he's going to feed them I think it will be a mutually beneficial relationship he's the perfect guy for New York in that respect the big question now big question on everyone's mind will they win will the new york football jets win yes i think they will and it's one of the big reasons why i think the like like the, like it's very easy for us to to make these generalizations about these divisions or make predictions i should say about divisions right now but it's also very difficult because you're just like, oh my god, if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, they're obviously going to make playoffs. But then you have two attack of Iloa and, and the Miami Dolphins you just got Jalen Ramsey, and you have the established order of, of of Bill Belichick always being pretty good, and then you also have the Buffalo Bills who are the class of the division. Aaron Rodgers changes things, man. 
even if it's one, two years of, of great quarterback play from Aaron Rodgers, it's going to change things for the uh, New York Jets. You bet that. I think they can win. It's just a matter of how... And, and here's the difference between them and the Dolphins. I trust the Jets with Aaron Rodgers beating the Dolphins or beating the Bills more than I trust the Dolphins because the Jets without Aaron Rodgers beat the Buffalo Bills, and they beat them down defensively. Like, they dominated in the trenches, and when you have that and, like, you're able to get Aaron Rodgers, if you're just able to get Aaron Rodgers a little bit of help on the offensive line, I'm telling you, dude's going to be lights out just like he has been his entire career. So, moving on. Um, we already went through the AFC East. Uh, this actually might be a good time to go through the NFC North real quick as we run through their big signing. So I talked about, we actually will talk about the Chicago Bears making that trade for the, um, from, the, from the number one overall pick. But they were obviously able to acquire DJ Moore in that trade along with a boatload of draft picks that we'll talk about in a second. They also uh, signed offensive guard Nate Davis with three-year, $30 million deals. And a big-time signing, Tremaine Edmonds. They acquired Tremaine Edmonds in free agency, they being the Bears. Linebacker, Tremaine Edmonds, four years, $72 million with 50 of it guaranteed. They got a whole hell of a lot better in the middle of that defense. You bet your bippy that's true. Uh, meanwhile, the Detroit Lions, they're still waiting on the Jamal Williams situation to develop. Outside of that, they were able to sign Cameron Sutton to a three-year, $33 million deal, able to get that, him at cornerback. And finally, finally, by God, finally, the Minnesota Vikings signed tight end Josh Oliver to a three-year, $21 million deal. So Josh Oliver getting paid, getting paid. We love to see it. One thing that New York fans, though, might not love to see is Daniel Jones getting paid, and that's exactly what happened. Daniel Jones got paid four years, $160 million deal with $35 million uh, added to it in, with incentives. So he got his contract, averages out to about $40 million a year. The question on everyone's mind is, did the New York Giants overpay for Daniel Jones? And will they regret this? Did they overpay? Probably. Will they regret it? It depends. Here's the thing. Daniel Jones, right? I think that he is... This is one of those situations where the Giants were a bit of damned if they do, damned if they don't. Because Daniel Jones is a guy that they won games with last year. And he's a guy who's proven that he is a good quarterback in the NFL. And he's not a world beater, right? I think he's he's... He's, at to, he's towards the lower end of the Jimmy G uh, class of quarterback. I think he's like right there with Derek Carr as far as where he ranks in the pecking order of quarterbacks and the talent pool, honestly. Which is still a good quarterback, but he will not be the reason you win. And that is okay. Because the way the Giants play football, Daniel Jones doesn't need to be the reason they win. They play a hard-nosed running style of football, and they spread it out. That's exactly what a guy like Daniel Jones needs. It gives him more time to make plays. It gets the defense on their knees because they have to deal, the defense has to deal with Saquon Barkley, who, by the way, they um, signed up to the franchise tag. They have to deal with a guy like Saquon Barkley. 
So there, so Daniel Jones, the quarterback, is secondary to him. So that gives him a little bit of a buffer as far as where, uh, as far as what he needs to be able to do. And again, not a world beater, this Daniel Jones guy. But forty million dollars, I think it's slightly overpaying. But they were going to, they were just going to overpay because I don't think they wanted to lose what they had. You, like you can bring in a guy like Jimmy G, and and he'll probably produce the same thing. But I think the chemistry. And, and I think, like, a little bit of, of the trust. Like, they have developed a lot of trust with Daniel Jones, especially this past year. Like, he started 16 games this past year. He did not turn the football over. And he played. It, like, he played very good. It was only 15 touchdowns to five interceptions. But on the ground, like, what he was able to do was add an extra layer to this offense because he's always been a very good runner. But this year, they really went all in on being like, all right, we know that he's a good runner. Let's use his legs. I think Brian Dayball was able to use Daniel Jones perfectly. He had over 700 yards rushing, averaged six yards per carry, and had seven touchdowns on the ground in addition to his 15. So, like, that's good. That's very good. So, it adds another layer to your offense, I think. And and it it's another reason to keep a guy like Daniel Jones. Is he going to put up the the best stats in the world? No, he's never going to be the MVP. He's never going to be, you know, the Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. No, 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 never, never. But he's go- he can be a guy who can hoist up a Lombardi. And not a lot of quarterbacks can say that. I think he's he's a guy who's never going to be the reason you lose anymore, at least. Uh, I don't think he's going to be the reason you lose. But he certainly won't be the exclusive reason you win. And... I think the Giants kind of made their bed with that. Four years, $160 million is just the market nowadays. I wish the Baltimore Ravens understood that. Otherwise, Lamar Jackson would already be re-signed, and I wouldn't be pulling my hair out about that whole situation. But nevertheless, um, I digress. Um, And yeah, I think he can be a long-term answer. Is he the long-term answer? Quite frankly, I don't know. And... That's just part of this whole NFL experience, to be honest with you. Like, it's part of the NFL experience, finding stuff out. We can talk about it. I can talk about how Daniel Jones was able to have a season where he didn't turn the ball over like a maniac and wasn't, you know, running around outside the pocket and making these terrible plays, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, none of it matters until they buckle up their chin straps and play. And if I had to bet on it, I think Daniel Jones will be fine. Again, but I don't think that the Giants are like at the top of the list of like, oh, this team's going to be winning a Super Bowl, right? I think he would need to take a, a, a massive step forward, which he still can, because that's the thing about people we like we forget, right? We forget that these quarterbacks are also, like, young kids. Like, Daniel Jones is not, like, an old guy, right? Like, the dude's, like, 25 years old. He's 25 years old. So he's... And, and I think he's just really picking up the game as far as, like, getting into his prime. And we are... It's very easy for us to give up on quarterbacks like, like Josh Rosen, like Zach Wilson, right? It's very easy to give up on quarterbacks early, but one thing I think teams need to realize is sometimes these guys just need more time to really come into their own and and learn the NFL game because it is different from college. It's not, you know, we're going to spread it out and we're going to have like people holding up like like damn animation graphics and stuff like that and that's going to be the play call and we're going to look to the sideline every other play. No. 
It is, you got 25 seconds to call this play, get everyone set, read the defense on top of that, spike the ball, make sure it's spiked on time, look, read the entire defense again while also looking for who's open and making sure you don't get sacked. That's a lot. And I did, and I just covered like the surface of it. That, there's a lot more to playing quarterback in the NFL than I just uh, outlined, but th- like it's a difficult job, and to expect people in year one or even year two or even honestly year three to to be up to speed about all of that, I think is preposterous. Not everyone's going to be Justin Herbert. Not everyone's going to be Patrick Mahomes. Actually, no, not even Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, he he didn't play his, his first year in the NFL. But not everyone's going to be those guys. Like. Sometimes you just need a year. Maybe you need two years. And I think GMs, it's this weird game of like, they want to be successful immediately because the owners are just more impatient than they have ever been. And fan bases are more impatient than they've ever been. They just want winning football. They don't care. They do not care about the long-term development of the, of the, of the, the team, which is literally the GM's job, right? They, their only concern is, how do I keep my job? And then it shouldn't be that. The GM should be like, all right, long term, how do we build this team into what it can what it should be? How do we build this team to be a winner? That's not what the game is right now. The game is how do we appease the fans? How do we appease the owners? And how do I keep my job? You know? It, 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 how do I like it, it's it's unfortunate, but that's the game. Uh, that's just what being a GM in the NFL is now. Um and it's tragic because you have a few teams that do kind of put the emphasis on, on you know, building a, an actual team. Like the Baltimore Ravens do that. I think the Bills do a good job of that. The, the Eagles have done a fantastic job. I think, I think, I, I think, like, he, it, it's crazy. Like, Harry Roseman is, is just one of the best uh, in the business like, ever. So, it's tough. Not all teams can do it, but... It is. It's the game. Um. That being said, I think Daniel Jones will generally be fine. Other notes from the NFC East: the Dallas Cowboys were able to sign Tony Pollard to the non-exclusive franchise tag, so he looks like it's there's going to be a bit of a bidding war for him. If I'm the Saints, I'm looking into maybe acquiring his services. If I'm, you know, even look, if Josh Jacobs doesn't resign, you might want, or if if you want to resign Josh Jacobs, you're the Vegas, you're the Las Vegas Raiders. Might want to look at Tony Pollard. Like that's another good. That's a very good quarter or uh, running back. Other notes from the Giants: they were able to, they put the non-exclusive franchise tag on Saquon Barkley. That's a dumb thing to do. You should lock him up immediately. Also signed Sterling Shepard. They re-signed um, Jared Davis and Jamie Gilligan. Getting paid two years, four million dollars. The punters are players too. Love to see it. Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, it was announced that Jason Kelsey intends to return to the Eagles for the 2023 season. Jason Kelsey, one of the best centers in NFL history. I said it. Yes, I did. One of the best personalities in the NFL that the NFL has ever seen. Great guy. Love to see it. He deserves it. And the good old Washington Commanders. Washington Commanders were able to sign Andrew Wiley offensive tackle to a three-year, $24 million deal. I'm just reading that for the first time. Andrew Wiley to the Commanders? The commander building an offensive lot. What? All right. All right. Good to see that. They also agreed to terms with Nick Gates, interior lineman. Three years, $16.5 million. Deron Payne got paid, got paid, got paid, got paid. 
You received the franchise tag and then immediately received a four-year, $90 million extension with $45 million fully guaranteed, $60 million in total guarantees. Love to see that for Deron Payne. Give me some of that money, please. And rounding it out, David Mayo. Yes, that David Mayo re-signed with the Washington Commanders. Oh, man. So they got him back at linebacker. So that's the that's the that's the NFC East. Love to see it. Guys, if you haven't already done so, do me a favor, hit that like button, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever a new video is released. Hydrate. Moving on, moving on. Let's talk about Lamar. From one quarterback who got paid to one quarterback who has not gotten paid. Lamar Jackson. Let me be let me be patient here. Nah, let me just wild out. All right. So the Baltimore Ravens are absolutely dumb. There's no question about it. They are dumb. I don't know what they're doing. Like, I kind of get it as far as, as putting the non-exclusive tag on him and having him test the market. But don't tell me that you're committed to keeping this guy. Don't tell me that we're doing everything in our power to keep Lamar Jackson. Don't lie to us and say that they are co- you're committed to Lamar Jackson long-term and then turn around and put a non-exclusive franchise tag on him that allows other teams to bid on the dude. Don't do that. Because then you're not only misleading your fan base, but you're lying to yourself too. And that's like that's a big sign of narcissism. From the Baltimore Ravens, honestly. Like, they like they feel like they can get away with lying to their fans. They feel like they can... Like, it's, it's like, and it's not spin. I, it's not none of that. It's just straight up, like, BSing your fans. Don't BS your fans. It's better just to be like, we're exploring our options. And you know what? There's an argument for that. And that's fine. I can disagree with it. But I understand where you're coming from if you want to explore your options. Because look. You don't have the salary cap, or, or you, you you want the salary cap to 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 be able to sign other players at other positions and maintain this roster. I get that, and maybe keeping Lamar Jackson or having Lamar test the market and and genuinely test the market and see what the other offers could be is a way of of maintaining that or or at least giving yourself as many options as possible. I understand that, but. Don't tell me that this is your guy, that this is the guy you're playing to have around for 10 years if you're not serious. The non-exclusive franchise tag proves to me that the Baltimore Ravens are not serious about keeping Lamar Jackson. That Point blank. I'm sorry if you disagree. Like it, It's just what it is. They offered him, what was it, $133 million fully guaranteed, right? Which is well below what the market dictates for a guy in his standing. The market dictates for a guy like Lamar Jackson to get at least 150. You know why? The fifth highest guaranteed player, uh, guaranteed contract in the NFL belongs to who? Josh Allen. He gets 150 million dollars. He's at the same level, the same caliber of quarterback as Lamar Jackson. So, given that, he should be getting paid that much. Now, if we want to talk about what the market actually dictates, Deshaun Watson's getting paid 230 million dollars. Lamar, Lamar's people apparently have said that he he had never asked for a two hundred and fifty or two hundred and thirty million dollar contract. So he's obviously come around and said, "I never asked for like two hundred plus million dollar fully guaranteed." 
I just asked for more than the, than the Ravens offered, and it doesn't seem like the Ravens are willing to budge on that 133 number. So they're having them test the market, and if it comes to the point where another team offers Lamar $150, $200 million fully guaranteed, and the Ravens don't match it, they're going to be able to get two first-round picks out of it, and that might be what they want. That might be, like, they might want to trade Lamar Jackson anyway, which, again, if that's what you're going to do, that's what you're going to do. But don't tell me that he you're committed to him long-term because it's a lie. He knows it. I know it. Everybody knows it. It's just, it, it, like, it, it's hypocrisy. It's bull. It's BSing your fans, which I hate. I, like, I'm going to be totally honest with you all. Like, it's football. We get it. At the same time, like, we invest so much time. We as fans, right, invest so much time talking about football, giving our money, our hard-earned money to these franchises that, that we commit part of our soul to. For I'm not, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic about it. You get people tattooing, like, Ravens stuff and, and, and NFL stuff all over their bodies. You got people being buried in NFL jerseys when they die. You have people thinking about football constantly as an escape from, from reality, from, from the, the, the pitfalls of everyday life. So, yeah, we do give a part of our souls to this game. And I think we should have a bit of a say in how things uh, occur, especially when our taxpayer money's going to some of these stadiums. But that's a, that's a, that's a thing for another day. Um, to be quite honest with you, I think that the Ravens should probably have listened to their fans before that and just paid Lamar because I think the fans were almost unanimously like, yeah, make him one of the highest paid players in the NFL. I, like, I don't think you, you find many Ravens fans who disagree with that take because without Lamar, what, what are the Ravens? They're a mid-team. They're a very mid-team. They are not great. Like, with him, I think like, I, like they're elite. And the numbers don't lie. The dude wins football games. That's all he's ever done. He's like, what is it, the fourth highest winning percentage of any quarterback um, in his first, like, six years in the NFL? Like, that's crazy. Like, he's got one of the highest win percentage. I think, like, he's only second to Pat Mahomes right now in win percentage for uh, for active quarterbacks. Like, the the dude is, the, the dude's a bucket and a half. Pay him. The dude's a former MVP. Pay him. The dude literally m- mucked around in your offense, in your terrible offensive scheme last year and and had y'all in the playoffs. And what, what happened when, 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 when he, he was injured? What happened when Lamar was injured? He, y'all fell off. The Ravens fell off. Pay the man. Every time he isn't there, the year before, eight and three, number one seed with Lamar. He goes down, they lose six in a row. Pay the man. Wins MVP, throwing the ball to Seth Roberts, whatever was left of Hollywood Brown. Pay the man. Am I, am I, am I crazy here? I don't know. Y'all let me know. Hit that like button, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. Y'all let me know. I'm just saying. Um, outside of the Lamar Jackson situation, the rest of the AFC North is doing pretty good because they're signing people to these big deals. And I'm looking at them like the Ravens haven't done much, but yeah, the Cincinnati Bengals signed Jermaine Pratt. They re-signed him to a three-year $21 million deal. He's a very good linebacker for them. Cleveland Browns signed Ethan Pochich to a three-year $18 million deal. Also signed, um... Oh, never mind. That was the Steelers. The Steelers were able to sign Patrick Peterson. I was like, Patrick Peterson to the 
What, to the Cleveland Brown? What? No, nah, no. Nah, it was Patrick Peterson to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They just signed him. So Patrick Peterson, former all uh, pro bowler, all pro guy, going to Pittsburgh. That's a good fit. It's a good fit. I don't like him going to the Steelers, though. Sucks, sucks to suck, Patrick. I hope I hope your I hope your career uh goes very sideways since you became a Steeler. No, no. All fun and games. We love it. Need that. Need that. Say hydrated people. Moving on from one first-round pick in the 2018 draft to another. Let's talk about Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, former number one overall pick, is looking for a team. And the team that might be interested most in his services, a team that actually won the Super Bowl two years ago, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers reportedly are very seriously interested in acquiring the services of Baker Mayfield. Now... Baker Mayfield is coming off of being on three different teams in basically one calendar year. He went from the Browns, got traded to the Carolina Panthers, and then on t- or and then got released from the Panthers, signed with the Rams, had a couple of games with them, and last year was a very up and down year for Baker. When he was with the Panthers, it was very underwhelming. Six touchdowns, six interceptions. The team wasn't winning football games. He goes to the Rams and immediately makes a statement with that big Thursday night football comeback win against the Raiders after being on the team for like all of like what? It was 72 hours. Not even that. I think it was like 48 hours. Um, so he was able to adapt in that situation. And I think that's going to go very well for a guy like Baker Mayfield. That being said, what do you expect out of him? I think like that's the big question if you're the Bucks. Do you expect him to be the Baker Mayfield that had the Cleveland Browns in the playoffs that had that that willed that team back from being one of the biggest dumpster fires in in the NFL? If that's what you're expecting, I think the team around him needs to be structured very different differently. And whether it's the Bucks like trying to go out and, and sign an offer sheet for a guy like Tony Pollard or Josh Jacobs, if you need to get a running back first and foremost. The receivers are good. Godwin, Mike Evans, Baker Mayfield can ask for nothing more as far as weapons uh, to throw to. But you need to get that running game really going, I think. I think like you also need to build like a good defense because what the Browns have when Baker Mayfield was winning them football games, they had they played great defense. So he needs a little bit of help. But we're looking at a Tampa Bay team. If again, it's a big if if they're able to sign Baker, that not only could not miss a beat, because like look, they were not world beaters last year, let's be honest. Tampa Bay Buccaneers were not exactly, you know, the class of the NFC. They were definitely the class of their division. Um, with their with their like sub five hundred uh record. They they were definitely like the class of their division. But in the grand scheme of things, like even with Tom Brady, they weren't really going anywhere. So I think it's going to take a little bit of help. It's going to take a little bit of work, but they can definitely, I think, get to eight and nine with Baker and improve upon that and maybe win the, win the division again with a, with a sub 500 record. Who knows? But um, it, it's going to be a little work. I, I, I'm going to have to see it, but I, I Baker's one of those guys. Like it's weird. I under like I've made this statement before. I think he's a guy who I understand how he can rub his teammates the wrong way. It, it, he's a very 
He's very, he can, I understand how he can be very tiresome. I've said that many times on the show. That being said, one thing you can't deny is the dude, like, just when you think he's out, he always crawls back and he always finds a way to prove you wrong. So, and, and there's, and that's the biggest reason he was the number one overall pick. Like, Baker Mayfield is, like, is a very good quarter. It has the capabilities to be a very good quarterback, I think. And just saying Tampa Bay might, like, they, they might just have just, just gotten their guy. Might have just gotten their guy. Um, but it's to be determined. Again, he's had that one winning year in Cleveland. Outside of that, um, 2021, he was injured for most of that year. He didn't look good in Carolina at all. And it doesn't help the fact that Carolina kind of like got better when he was off the team. Um, so it's it's one of those weird things of I can see it working out. While it, like even though it doesn't make sense on paper, but if I'm the Tampa Bay box, I'm also looking at some of these young quarterbacks. So you got a lot of young quarterbacks in this draft, and and a lot of quarterbacks still to, to be signed. Like, and look, Aaron Rodgers still out there, and it's it's man, it's sunny, it's sunny down in Florida. No state income taxes. Just saying. I know, I know everyone's already written him off to the Jets after after that meeting with with um, Robert Sala and company. Don't count out the Bucks. Just saying. Don't count out Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, they revitalized that downtown, man. Revitalized. Um, we already went through the NFC South. Uh, let, let's keep it going. Keep this train going. Talk about Austin Eckler. All right. So... The new Pope of Chili Town, Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler has requested a trade from the Los Angeles Chargers, one of the best running backs in the NFL. Like he wants out. He's requesting permission to speak with other teams about a potential trade after preliminary discussions with the Chargers fell through. His agent, uh, Cameron Weiss, has been pushing for this apparently. Uh, Austin Eckler is entering the final year of a four-year, $24.5 million deal and is scheduled to earn about $6.5 million this coming year. And he's a guy who I think everyone agrees. And I think the the Charger would even agree. He's outperformed that contract. He's definitely outperformed that contract. He is one of the key pieces of this football team. And it doesn't show up uh, like directly in the running game because – Everyone wants to focus like, oh my God, he's only averaging like whatever, like, you know, like 900 yards. Like he only had 900 yards this year and oh, it's not great. But I'm like, look what he's doing in the receiving game too. In addition to that 900 yards receiving, he has over 700 yards, uh, it, uh, or sorry, 900 yards rushing. He has 700 yards receiving. This dude as a running back in 2019 nearly had a thousand yards. He was seven yards short of a thousand yards receiving. He's... He's not nay, he's not integral. He's like he is like right there. He's one B as far as this offense goes. Like as far as level of importance in his offense goes with Justin Herbert. He's one B to Justin Herbert's one A. Like they need him. And he just like yeah, like he's one of those players. Just adding him in the mix just makes everyone better. You would hope that they would find a way to re-sign him. You would hope that the Chargers would come to terms with him. At the same time. I understand why the Chargers wouldn't because he's a guy who's got a lot of mileage on him. He's a, And at running back, I know people hate to hear this, 
and fans are like, oh my God, why are, why is he spewing this narrative about running backs? It's because it's kind of true. At a certain point, the, the amount of hits that running backs take, the amount of direct hit they take, it, it wears on them. And he's not showing it, but you would you really want to commit to a guy two, three years down the line, or sorry, who two, three years down the line might not be the same player that he is today and might and will be underperforming that contract? No. But if you do pay a guy like Austin Eckler, it's because of what he's doing now and what he's going to do for the next one or two years. And, and I think that's the bed that the Chargers need to make um, or be willing to make with as far as this whole situation goes. I think the fact that he dem- is demanding a trade is he's probably going to get it. And I think the Saints would be a team that would be very interested in his services because we still don't know what exactly is going to happen to Alvin Kamara. On top of that, we just talked about Baker Mayfield earlier on the program. Baker Mayfield, pay, pairing Bear, Baker Mayfield in Tampa Bay with Austin Eckler, I think would be a lethal combination and would give Baker, honestly, another, well, not only another receiving option to go to, but a threat in the running game and and, and give them a, a year to, to really go for it again. So he he will there will be a market for him. I'm not sure what it would look like. I think I could see him going for like a third round pick, to be honest with you. But if I'm the Chargers, I think you could get similar production out of an elite athlete like a Bijan Robinson if you're able to get him in the draft. Or you just trade up and get Bijan Robinson in the, in the draft. Like that would be that would I think you would be fine if you're the Chargers doing that. And on top of that, you'd have like another draft pick to work with. So if you wanted to trade up, if you want to get another player or or even add more depth to the running back position, you could. So. Options galore for the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, let's run through some of these other teams. I, didn't, I don't think I talked about the AFC South. Houston Texans signed quarterback Case Keenum. Two years, $6.25 million deal. Big time signing for them was Robert Woods. Robert Woods, former Bill, former um, Los Angeles Ram, signed two-year, $15.25 million deal. With 10 fully guaranteed at signing. Love to see that for Robert Woods. Indianapolis Colts were able to sign Tyquan Lewis. Tyquan Lewis. Edge rusher Tyquan Lewis. Good, good, good for them. One year. $2.1 million deal. Good for him. It's way more money than I'll ever make. Um, <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars re-signed C.J. Beathard. Hell, hell yeah. The feather. C.J. Beathard. Signs a two-year $4.2 or $4.5 million deal. Become backup quarterback over there. Houston Texans signed uh, resigned or sorry, signed Andre Dilliard to a three-year two uh twenty-nine million dollar deal. And rounding it out, the 10 is C Titans. Oh what? Um s- sir. Morgan Cox. Morgan Cox. Oh, I, I thought we were going to get him back. I really thought we were going to get Morgan Cox back. Because there was talk about it on like by like four people on Raven Twitter. I was kind of excited about that. Okay, we're not getting Morgan Cox back. All right. Good on you. I'm big shout out to Morgan Cox. Love to see you getting paid. Uh, uh, damn it. What else did I miss? Anything? I think I I think I ran through the entire free agency, didn't I? Yep. Hit all the divisions. Pretty sure I did. Did I hit the yes? Did I hit the West? 
think I missed the West. All right, let's, let's run through this real quick. Seattle Seahawks signed Geno Smith, three years, $75 million deal. San Francisco 49ers signed Sam Darnold to a contract. So Sam Darnold gets in the mix there. That's very interesting because I want to talk about this, this quarterback situation with the 49ers for a second. The San Francisco 49ers last year saw the ascension of Brock Purdy into who I think is going to be their long-term answer quarterback. That's no knock on Trey Lance. I just do not think after what we saw from Brock Purdy, barring like a a catastrophic injury, I don't see uh, them going back to Lance. I think that this is a guy in Brock Purdy who proved not only was he the answer in the short term on that playoff run, I think he's a long-term answer. Because he he proved, he not only played with poise, but he played with, with such precision. And he executed with such precision and was able to run that offense, I think, more efficiently than even Jimmy G was able to. And he was a game breaker sometimes in that offense. Like, like there was one particular game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers he played insane football. And again, I know it was like whatever, 10 or so games, but it's way more than we've seen out of Trey Lance at this point. I think Trey Lance still is able to be a very good quarterback in this league. It, it's going to take a team wanting to take a chance on him now because that's unfortunately just the way things work in the NFL. Like teams are just very easy to give up on you. And it sucks. It's a very reductive way that, that these GMs look at things. But their number one priority is to build a winner tomorrow, not build a winner for the long term. And that's unfortunately the way things work. And I'm not saying that the 49ers are, are to blame for that. I think the 49ers are, would be doing what's in their best interest and in going to Brock Purdy. I'm talking about the other teams. Like why you might not see teams like take a chance on, on Trey Lance. That being said, I think the move to bring in Sam Darnold on a one-year deal by the 49ers cements that, you know, like they're making, they're under the assumption that they're going to trade Lance. I think they're under the assumption they're going to trade Trey Lance and Sam Darnold is going to be their backup. So with that, like it just opens the door and, and where he could go. Like there's still a lot of teams that are looking for a young option at quarterback. I think Tampa Bay is a team that is going to want another quarterback on the roster, even if they bring in a guy like Baker Mayfield. I think there's going to be a market for a team like the Baltimore Ravens. Like, let's say Lamar doesn't resign. I think Trey Lance would be another would, would be another option who could possibly run a similar offense. I don't think as effectively as Lamar could, and not with with the speed that Lamar has, but he could run that offense. I think efficiently. Um, aside from that. There are a few other teams that are still looking for a quarterback that might not be able to get a quarterback this year, uh, a la the Green Bay Packers. Are they convinced that Jordan Love is the long-term answer? Do they want him to be the long-term answer? Because it looks like Aaron Rodgers is not going to be that guy. So you got them up there. Like The, the, the options for, tra- for a trade for Trey Lance are, are just... They're out there. It's just a matter of a team willing to say, hey... I'm willing to invest in this guy to be good long-term. I don't know if there is necessarily a a coach and a GM combination that is going to be willing to do that and take that level of risk for a guy like Lance. It's unfortunate. And this is not me saying that Trey Lance is a bust. I don't think he's a bust. Yet. 
Can he be? Absolutely. And it might not be because of the reasons people assume. This is, He's a genuinely a victim of circumstance in this case because no one could have seen Brock Purdy playing the way that he did and leading this team the way that he did. No one. And no one could have seen Trey Lance getting injured and being out for the entire year after only starting like three games and not even being able to like get his foot in the NFL, like not even being able to like really like uh, test his limits in the NFL. That's the unfortunate part. And we might not see it again just because of the way the nature of the NFL is unfortunate. But that being said, I mean, like, like I think teams would be dumb not to at least look at trading for a guy like Lance. So you have that situation. <sighs> Needed that. Moving on. Last thing I'm going to talk about, and then I'm going to wrap up this show. Guys, if you haven't already done so, be sure to hit that like button, subscribe, hit that notification bell. You're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening, first of all, and be sure to leave a five-star review and go over to youtube.com forward slash Sports to subscribe for our live shows, daily videos, and all that jazz. Last thing I'm going to talk about is this insane trade. For the number one overall pick, let me pull up the exact trade so I don't. So I just, just, just you know, just so I don't, um, just so I don't misspeak. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to speak fake news out into the world. I'm trying to give you all real take facts. Here we go. Real take fact talk coming to you live. All right. Here is the trade. The Carolina Panthers. Just pulled off, sorry, not the Panthers, the, the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears just got away with highway robbery with this trade with the Carolina Panthers. Let me read out the details. DJ Moore. Let me redo that because I will turn this into a clip later. Anyway, thank you for listening, people on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, <laughs> it's okay to take over, to add it again. Anyway. So, the Chicago Bears got away with highway robbery. Here's the terms of the trade that they were able to make for their number one overall pick. The Carolina Panthers received the number one overall pick in the 2023 draft. Big pick, because a lot of young quarterbacks, right? In exchange for that number one overall pick, they had to give away the number nine overall pick in 2023 the number 61 overall pick in the second round in 2023, a 2024 first rounder, a 2025 second rounder, and on top of that, wide receiver DJ Moore. Highway robbery. The Chicago Bears. You want to talk about swindling a team. Like the Bears, like, like the Bears were always gonna win in this situation because. They have their quarterback, their long-term answer at quarterback in Justin Fields. They were always going to win this situation. But I didn't think they'd win it to this extent because think about what they got in exchange for this. Like, this is a haul, guys. We're talking about, like, like forget the first-round pick swap from this year, right? You got a second-rounder. You got a first-rounder next year. You got a 2025 second-rounder two years from now. Multiple, multiple top-tier picks, right? And you got a number one wide receiver for moving down eight slots in the draft? 
like in a draft that's has quarterbacks galore where teams are going to be trading up for quarterbacks a position where you and the and the Chicago Bears are solidified as all oh, hell at you're like you're fine with Justin Fields you're not only you not only pulled off this trade but you put yourselves in a position where there're going to be a lot of teams trading up for quarterbacks there's going to be high caliber players of other positions available at number 9 that the Bears are going to be able to take and be like, this is a guy who is like worth the top five pick and we got him a nine. Like, it's a steal. And on top of that, we have other picks now in the future that we can use to either trade up or we can build for the future when the moment comes or trade for other pieces. Like, this is a massive win. For the Carolina Panthers, on the other hand, it's a massive gamble. All, all reports indicate that they are going all in on C.J. Stroud. Ohio State standouts DJ Stroud. That's the guy that the Carolina Panthers want. That's the guy that they believe will lead them to long-term success, and that is totally fine. I get it. But when you trade away not only two first-round picks, two second-round picks, but your top wide receiver, you better hope that CJ Stroud on the Carolina Panthers is a lights-out player. He has the capabilities to be, I think, but I don't know if it's, if it's as a guaranteed bet as the Carolina Panthers think it is. They, like, this is a very dangerous move for Carolina. That's point blank. It's a very dangerous move. For the Bears, you win. Like you, like, and again, they were. it's hardly like they were ever going to lose in this trade, but you win. And it is it's a massive haul. It's like, I'm like, oh, look at all that. Look at all those picks. Look at all those picks. I want that. Why can't the Ravens get that? Oh, I don't want to trade Lamar. Anyway, guys, we're wrapping up here. YouTube.com forward slash Real Take Sports. Be sure to subscribe. Also, if you're listening to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, this is going to be available next day on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as all of our live shows are. Until next time, I'm Omer Q. You can follow me at O-M-E-R-Q Show. You can also follow Real Take Sports at Real Take Sports on Twitter, YouTube, uh, Facebook.com forward slash Real Take Sports Talk at Instagram at, oh, at Real Take Sports Talk on Instagram. I'm speaking too fast for my own good. And if you're a fan of wrestling, be sure to check out our second channel, YouTube.com forward slash Real Take Wrestling for all your wrestling-related needs. Until next time, I've been Omer Q. This has been NFL Free Agency, the tampering period, part one. Be happy, be healthy, and as always, keep it real.